Is there joy in the house of the Lord today? Woo! Sounds like it. week are you ready to worship the Lord? There you go. Let's worship the Lord. We worship the God who was. We worship the God who is. We worship the God who evermore will be. He opened prison doors. He parted the regency. My God, he holds the victory. song because so many times I think we we can get stuffy in worship right like we just get I don't know just 
Jesus is alive. He's not dead, right? So, I mean, we can worship. We can worship. All right, thank you for coming today. Let's uh, bow our heads in prayer, and then we'll have our welcoming time. Lord Jesus, I thank you uh, for the opportunity to be here today, Lord, to worship with my brothers and sisters, Lord, to sing praises of joy to you, uh, Lord, to give to you and to study and read your word, uh, Lord, today, and how it impacts our lives every day. And you give us so many examples in Scripture, Lord. I thank you what you've laid upon my heart the last couple weeks this morning that I can share. And uh, just for the opportunity to be here today, Lord, there's, we have so many brothers and sisters across the world that cannot come and worship you openly and freely like we can here. And so let us never take that for granted, God, that we can do that. And I thank you for that uh, today. Lord, I worship you. We praise you. It's in everything we pray. Amen. Amen. Take a couple of minutes and welcome everyone this morning.
communication at work one click simpler. I stand in front of the mirror, but I don't like who's looking back at me. Wish I could see things clearer. Oh. Like who I'm supposed to be in every trial Lift me higher through the fire Hold me tighter Remind me again that I was made for more Who I am in the eyes of the Father Who I am is love set free Who I was, I left at the altar I am yours, Lord, I believe It's who song in my lungs to sing you gave up normally works. Every time I play my guitar, you guys get quiet and praise, but it didn't work this morning. You are rowdy. Pastor's the biggest ball. He's back there talking. I love you, Lord. 
Thank you, guys. You may be seated this morning. Got a couple of announcements. I have a card here. I want to read it. It says, Dear Crossbridge, I want to thank you for your love, support, and prayers during my mom's cancer journey and her passing. Your, uh, the prayers uh, mean so much, and I'm very grateful for this church family. Thank you also to the women who brought food, organized food, and stopped by her memorial. With love and thanks, Alicia and Brandon uh, Richards. So I got that card. Got a couple of other announcements um, today. The pool party. We have a, a church pool party. I need to clarify. Sometimes I just get going and I don't clarify. This pool party is for you guys. You don't have to be a member here to come to this pool party. Uh, so I think some people thought, well, you got to be a member to go to this. Not at all. Sign up, if you would. It's on uh, August 28th from 6.30 to 8.30 at the city pool. If you, yeah, if you can't swim, Savannah is a certified lifeguard. She'll save you, okay? But come to the, come to the pool party. If, but sign up if you would, if you didn't sign up, because we order pizza that night, and we want to have pizza and soda and all that stuff. We want to make sure that we have enough, so please sign up uh, for that. Saturday night, I want to remind you, every Saturday night here at the church at 5.30, we have dinner, and there's the freeway service every Saturday night, it's, which starts at 6. So I want to remind you of that. Wednesday night, so we're going to have uh, a new women's class coming in on Wednesday nights. It's going to be in the side room out here in the hall. It's on Ruth. It starts not this Wednesday, but the following Wednesday. But if you don't come on Wednesday nights, come on Wednesday night. We have dinner. Um, we have cooking teams that cook meals uh, for everybody. So we have dinner at 6 o'clock, and our classes start at 6.45. We have youth classes, uh, kids' classes, nursery, the whole nine yards. Uh, so come on Wednesday nights. Men's Bible study tonight, they're studying the whole armor of God. It is going to be at 6 o'clock. Tonight is the breastplate of righteousness. So, uh, fellas, 6 o'clock tonight here at the church. Next Sunday morning uh, after church, we'll have a short business meeting uh, right after morning service. What else we got? Sunday, September 11th, Ladies Crafting Day. Please talk to Pat. She's in the very back row on this side. Raise your hand. There you go. Please talk to Pat. That is from 2 to 5 on Sunday, September 11th. So if you'd like to infor more information or supplies and all that, uh, please see her. Women's Coffee. This Friday at 8.30 at the Prickly Cactus. This Friday at 8.30 at the Prickly Cactus. The youth also just got back from their trip this week. And I know, so I know Joel and Shelly, they want all the youth to come up here. So all the youth come up. You guys want to come up? What, are you ready? Video first. Video first, and then they're going to come up. Looking for 
All right, perfect. Youth, come on up here. <laughs> so so uh, one thing we do is every February, usually end of February, 1st of March, we have a youth Sunday uh, where the youth will lead the services. And after that, we have an opportunity. We do a, um, a dessert auction. And we raise money for the youth, and it funds them throughout the year. And so this is one of their trips. So, Joel, I know, take it away, buddy. Testing. Yep, it's working. We had a good time. Uh, we made some good memories, uh, uh, and uh, we want to thank you guys for all the donations and all the prayers. And and uh, this here is the it's the future of the church. Uh, we need to get to know each other more, and we did. And uh, uh, we'd like to. Well, the first day we went to uh, Silver Dollar City, we made a lot of memories there. I know that. <laughs> I think a lot of them got wet. And uh, then that night, we had Cody and Elizabeth give their testimony. And what a testimony. They, they've got the testimony. If you guys have never heard it, they can maybe one night share it. But uh, anyway. Huh? Yeah. Yeah, come over here, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and uh, then after that... Uh, Thursday morning we went we had a devotion had breakfast had a devotion and I'm not good at cooking I did I can break eggs <laughs> you've seen that in the video uh, but anyway we had a devotion and then that they went and swam and then that evening they went to uh, we got to go to see the play Jesus at sight and sound and that that was awesome yeah we got a lot out of that and then that night we had to we sat around the campfire and we talked about the uh, what we got out of sight and sound. And uh, they got a lot out of it. And then Friday morning, we had another, we had breakfast again, then we had a devotion, and then we loaded up and we came home. Then we slept all afternoon. <laughs> <laughs> so each one of us had something that uh, we got out of it, and we're just gonna kind of pass the mic along here and, uh, and just see uh, you know, what they got out of it. I'm going to let the kids talk about the trip, but I just want to give Joel and Shelly a, a, just a cahoots for all the work they put into that. It was a lot of work, a lot of planning. Um, they did a great job. The kids had fun, and we just blessed to have them in Crossbridge. Uh, my favorite part was whenever Jesus talked about the prodigal son. I basically just learned about a lot about Jesus' life, and I'd like to thank the whole entire church and Joel and Shelley and Dave and Valerie for all that you guys, all the things you guys did for us, and you guys are the reason that we were able to go on this trip, so thank you. Something I caught, thought kind of interesting at the play is after the communion scene, um, Jesus had said, John, will you sing us out? And we all thought that was kind of strange until we realized, like, there's actually a verse in the Bible that says after communion they went out singing and praising him. So, okay. So I'm, like, speaking about what we learned as a whole. And it's something that you guys probably don't know either. So I'm just going to, like, share. So on the cross there's a sash. And, like, many people think it's for decoration. And we all kind of learned that it wasn't for decoration, that they actually, like, tied it around his, like, arms in the front of his chest and used it to get Jesus off the cross. So, yeah. 
So one thing is about like Pentecost, as soon as the curtain tore, the Holy Spirit didn't come down right then, it came after, and that was one thing that we all kind of noticed, so. I think we all had a lot of fun on this trip, but I know for me, I was really scared. But I realized once you step out of your comfort zone, you can make friends wherever you go. Good. So one thing that I realized was that there's actually three Marys, not just two. (laughs) 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 You didn't name them. Who are they? There's Mary, like Jesus's mom. There's Mary Magdalene, and there's Martha's sister Mary. Good. Good. (laughs) This, well, it's not really the weekend, so. This trip was was really great for, um, I think, Dave and I to get to know the kids a little bit better. Um, every once in a while, they ask us to, to help with the youth, and we're just blessed to get to know each one of you guys' kids that are in the youth group. They are amazing kids, and they're going to be amazing adults. Okay, well, last. Okay, well, we were so thankful for Dave and Valerie coming. It's not easy for them. They've got three little ones. They're not so little. They're growing up. But they have three children at home. They have to make arrangements for them. And I remember those days. That's not easy. But they were they were a blessing. It was a blast. It was exhausting. It was fun. But um, we had 15 youth. I don't know if the thought that they might have to come up here and share. <laughs> they just stayed home or what. But um, I, it was really what Savannah shared about the sash thing on the cross we all were like what I thought that was like that was just to dress it up that was I don't know that was eye-opening to me so we learned a lot of things nothing's changed boys are still boys and girls are still girls we have (laughs) nice um decks on the cabins and they're always like can we go over to the boys can we go over to the boys like no so then finally I don't know if they yell they got the boys to come to them and I'm like you stay in that corral you cannot leave your fenced area (laughs) and they didn't but we were nice it was like two in the morning I mean we were letting them it felt like two in the morning it was 12 30 I thought it was close to two because I mean my phone was somewhere I couldn't see the clock but they just, they had a lot of fun playing truth or dare. We had some like wild ponytail hair in the morning that somebody lost a dare and had to wear. So they, they just, um, they're a delight. They were good. Then nothing, you know, bizarre, just boys and girls. Um, I was very fortunate to be in the cabin I was in. I went in because we went in to cook at the boys. Their cabin smelled so bad. I'm like, <laughs> we have perfume just flying out our door. It smelled wonderful. I walked in and told Joel, I said, you guys stink. I don't know what you're doing. And they, these cabins, I don't know if you've ever stayed at the Wilderness Cabins, so our city cabins. They have very nice corner jetted tub. There was like nowhere for me to set my travel size soap. There were so many potions, lotions, shampoos. They had like things for feet, face, <laughs> hair, that, and, and then body sprays. And I went into the boys. I'm like, do you even use soap? There yeah. is nothing in here. And then coming to find out, no, they didn't. So um, nothing new. They're, they're, yes, it, it's wilderness. Well, not for the girls, but we had, a, we had a great time. We did a lot of cooking. We did some eating out. We just saw the play. We enjoyed Silver Dollar City. Wednesday was wonderful. It wasn't crowded. Some of the rides, they could just go round and round and just keep riding. Um, so just thank you. Those, like, 
$500 pies that you buy when we do our auction, <laughs> the overpriced stuff. This helps fund this, and we just appreciate it. And they, they have plenty to do more as the year goes on. So um, thanks again. It was just a blessed time. And we love your kids. They're great kids. And hopefully they had fun with us. But sometimes we had to say, go to bed. It's done. It's all good. <laughs> Perfect. Thank you, guys. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Hand me that back there. One of these, one of these. Oh, yeah, you know what's up, don't you? Baptismal certificate and new Bible for one of the youth who was baptized. Congratulations, buddy. I love you. All right. Thank you. Perfect. All right. Thank you, guys. Okay, anything else uh, this morning on announcements that I forgot? Okay, if you would stand this morning, let's take up our morning offering. We'll bless that. And then we'll have our time of worship today before we jump into God's word together. So go with me in prayer again. Lord Jesus, I thank you, Lord, again for the opportunity to be here. Thank you for the great week that our, our young, uh, young youth had this week away. And thank you for Joel and Shelley and Dave and Valerie and all the hard work they put into that. And uh, Lord, the future of the church is the kids and the youth. And so you see how healthy a church is by that. And so Lord, I, I'm very thankful. And we worship you today for all of our kids and our young adults, our youth. And uh, so, Lord, today as we enter our time of worship, God, we give back to you. Take it and bless it. Use it to further your kingdom. And in all things, God, we love you and we thank you. In your name I pray. Amen. I search the world.
something crazy so that's my favorite part of worshiping the Lord is when I can step back from I can hear you guys worship you guys sound like a bunch of angels I'm not even playing like I'm not just saying that like when God's people praise together in harmony man you guys need to be up here listening because it is amazing like sorry I get excited about it it makes me cry <laughs> so we're gonna go on this one, next one is uh is for Jeff no I'm just kidding <laughs> Now, here we go. You ready, Elena? Broken 
into the sermon brother it does children's church if kids would like to go downstairs to children's church this morning second grade and below turn in your bibles if you would let's remain standing to honor god's word joshua chapter six didn't take me long to jump out of first john did it this is this is a message that um i've been thinking about for a couple of probably two or three weeks and it's very very practical it's, uh, it's, it's something that every single one of us should think about today. And I titled the, the name of the sermon, Choices. And I, I know that Ace is going to know this guy, but there was a, a country music singer named George Jones. And George Jones wrote a song called Choices. And you can listen to it later on today uh, if you want to. But um, that's why I called it this song, because he talks about he had a choice. He had a choice. Of, of what voice he was going to listen to, and he's living his life now based upon those choices, and we see that in scripture, and we really see that in this scripture, and it applies to every single one of us where we're at with our families, with our jobs, with our relationship with the Lord Jesus, so let's read, it's, it's Joshua chapter 6, verses 18 through 21, what I'm going to be doing today is I'm going to, I'm going to contrast two people, before we read this, I'm going to contrast two people. There's one that we'll read about that was completely obedient to God and trusted God in faith. And when he did that, when he was obedient to God and he contrasted and, and, and he uh, uh, followed God in faith, God took care of things and he took care of him and he blessed him. And there's another guy who made a choice to not be obedient to what God said. And it ends very, very badly for him. So we're going to talk about that today. Joshua 6, 18 through 21. And then we'll also jump over to uh, the next chapter, chapter 7. But starting in verse 18, it says, But you keep yourselves from these things devoted to destruction, lest when you have devoted them you take any of the devoted things and make a camp of Israel, a thing for destruction, and bring trouble upon it. But all silver and gold and every vessel of bronze and iron are holy to the Lord. They shall go into the treasury of the Lord. So the people shouted and the trumpets were blown, and as soon as the people heard the sound of the trumpet... 
The people shouted a great shout, and the wall fell down flat, so that the people went into the city, every man straight before him, and they captured the city. Then they devoted all in the city to destruction, both men and women, young and old, oxen, sheep, and donkeys with the edge of the sword. But to the two men who had spied out the land, Joshua said, Go into the prostitute's house and bring out from there the woman and all who belong to her, as you swore to her. Let's flip over to the next chapter real quick and go to verse 1. Joshua chapter 7, verse 1. And then also 19 through 24. Here's verse 1. But the people of Israel broke faith in regard to the devoted things. For Achan, the son of Carmi, son of Zebedee, son of Zerah of the tribe of Judah, took some of the devoted things, and the anger of the Lord burned against the people of Israel. Jump down to verse 19. I'm just doing this for the sake of time this morning, guys. Verse 19 says, Then Joshua said to Achan, My son, give glory to the Lord God of Israel and give praise to him, and tell me now what you have done. Do not hide it from me. And Achan answered Joshua, Truly I have sinned against the Lord God of Israel, and this is what I did. When I saw among the spoil a beautiful cloak, from Shinoar, and 200 shekels of silver, and a bar of gold weighing 50 shekels. Then I coveted them and took them, and see, they are hidden in the earth inside my tent with the silver underneath. So Joshua sent messengers, and they ran to the tent, and behold, there was hidden in his tent with the silver underneath it. And they took them out of the tent and brought them to Joshua and to all the people of Israel, and they laid them down before the Lord. And Joshua and all Israel with him took Achan the son of Zerah, and the silver, and the cloak, and the bar of gold, and his sons, and his daughters, and his oxen, donkey, sheep, his tent, and all that he had, and they brought them up to the valley of Achor. Let us pray this morning. Lord Jesus, I thank you again. For the opportunity to be here this morning, Lord, I thank you for what you've laid on my heart the last couple weeks with this passage and absolutely implications it has for us, it has for our families. It's just foundational, uh, Lord, to, to what we believe. And, and, and Lord, so I pray this morning that your Holy Spirit will work. I pray that we will be convicted where we need to be convicted, Lord, and, we, and we'll be thankful for you for the salvation that's only found through you. And God will understand that there's consequences for what we do. There's consequences for our decisions, good and bad. God, I love you and I worship you. In your name I pray. Amen. You may be seated. So this has been on my heart uh, for multiple reasons, guys. I've seen it play out in people's lives. I see it playing out in our world absolutely right now. God gives us, everybody here, the opportunity to be obedient to him or not. You had the opportunity this morning to get up and come, and I'm thankful you're here. Or you had the opportunity to stay in bed this morning. Uh, you have the opportunity to read your Bible every single day and pray. You have the opportunity to be obedient to what God has called us to do. When we don't do that, when we are disobedient and we make the choice to be disobedient, those consequences will absolutely last years and decades. And they can have major ramifications on our families. Today in this text, I want to explain it because there's a lot here. We read about one of the great miracles of the Old Testament. It's about the fall of Jericho. Jericho displays the miraculous power of God that he can take over a situation that seems like there's no hope, there's no way we're going to be able to do this, and God does it. The people of Israel, the context is the people of Israel had crossed over the Jordan River into the land of Canaan. This was the land flowing with milk and honey that God had promised Abraham 500 years earlier. 
Well, now there's a big obstacle in the way of them taking over the promised land. And that was the city of Jericho. Jericho had walls that were unconquerable. It was a walled city that no one had ever defeated. There's no way to do this. I did a little, obviously some studying on this, but I looked this up in, in some, uh, some records of, of excavation of the area. And it was said that the stone wall was 11 feet high, 14 feet wide. And at its top, there was a smooth slope that went up 35 degrees for another 35 feet. There it joined in with more massive stone walls that went even higher. So nobody was getting in. They didn't have cannons back then where you could blow the walls apart. Nobody's getting in here, right? God had a very simple plan to deal with Jericho. What he says, and I encourage you to read uh, chapter 6, but he says, if you do what I say... The walls are going to fall. And this is what he told them to do. He said, Israel, march around Jericho for six days. March around silently six times, for one, one time a day for six days. And then on the seventh day, I want you to walk around Jericho. When you hear the trumpets blast, make a loud shout, and the walls are going to come down. Now, on the outside, when you think about that, that seems absolutely ridiculous. That seems foolish. That is not a military plan, right? But what happens? Joshua follows God's instructions to the letter, to the T. He does exactly what God tells him to do. And what happens? The walls collapse. They instantly come down. That's the first point I want to talk about today. When we follow the commands of God by faith, he delivers. When we follow the commands of God by faith, he delivers. Joshua did exactly what God had told him to do. Now this guy, Joshua, is a very, very interesting guy in Scripture. He had served as the second in command under Moses. Joshua is widely considered probably the, the Bible's greatest military leader. And that he ultimately, oh, oh, with God, obviously, took over the promised land. He is a model, really, for leadership today. But how did Joshua get all those victories? They weren't Joshua victories. They were God victories. But Joshua started early on. He started very early that if he just trusted God, if he was obedient to God and trusted God, that God would provide a way out. That he would provide the way. In Numbers chapter 13, it all starts right here with Joshua, really. In Numbers chapter 13, God tells Moses to send 12 people out to spy out the promised land. He says, send 12 spies out and check out the land and, and come back and report it to me. So 10 men of the 12 come back and they say, man, this land is awesome. I'm paraphrasing here, but read Numbers 13 this week. They, they come back and say, man, this land is awesome. It's great. But there are some really fierce warriors and strong cities there and... We can't conquer it. There's just no way that we're going to be able to take the promised land. They had cities like Jericho, that there was no way they were going to get around it. But then there's two other guys that say, what are we worried about? What are we worried about? We have God on our side. Of course we can go take the promised land. Turn to Numbers chapter 14. I want to set the stage here. Numbers chapter 14. This is where we start to see Joshua 
at an, at a long time ago, just start trusting in God. It's verses 6 through 12 that I want to read. It said, And Joshua the son of Nun, and Caleb the son of Jephunneh, who were among those who had spied out the land, tore their clothes and said to all the congregation of the people of Israel, The land which we pass through to spy it out is exceedingly good land. If the Lord delights in us, he will bring us into this land and give it to us, a land that flows with milk and honey. Only do not rebel against the Lord and do not fear the people of the land, for they are bred for us. Their protection is removed from them, and the Lord is with us. Do not fear them. Then all the congregation said to stone them with stones. But the glory of the Lord appeared at the tent of meeting to all the people of Israel. And the Lord said to Moses, How long will these people despise me? How long will they not believe in me? In spite of all these things I have done among them, I will strike them with the pestilence and disinherit them, and I will make you a nation greater and mightier than they. So Joshua and Caleb come back and they say, Let's take it. We can do it with God. Anything's possible. Hey, God's already parted the Red Sea for us. He already defeated the Egyptians. We can do it. Let's go take it. Let's go. Let's do it. What was the difference in Caleb and Joshua and the other ten? What was the difference? They followed God with faith. They followed the commands of God with faith. They had seen God take care of the whole Egyptian army. These Canaanite tribes wouldn't be anything. God had parted the Red Sea. These little cities, Jericho, it's nothing for God. It's nothing for God. You know, in, in this scripture, God uses Joshua his whole life. Many people don't know anything about Caleb, but Caleb also trusts God. And later on, he takes a whole city and his nephew had seen Caleb's leadership and trust in God, and Caleb's nephew becomes the first judge of Israel. So God uses people and will bless people that just trust him. That just trust him. That just trust him. That we're not going to figure it all out. We don't all know. We just know that God's going to take care of us when we trust him in faith and we're obedient to his commands. This is basically Joshua in a nutshell. In Joshua 24, 15, he says, And if it is evil in your eyes to serve the Lord, choose this day who you will serve, whether the gods of your fathers in the region beyond the river or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. That's Joshua in a nutshell. He says, it doesn't matter that these people are so angry at me and they want to stone me to death because I'm trusting in God. He's just going to trust God. Now, I want. how does this relate to us? I want you to think about, brothers and sisters, all the victories that God has given you when you put your faith and trust in Him. When you follow His commands. You think, well, he, Jeff, He hasn't given me any victories. Think about your salvation that's the biggest victory you can ever have. Victory over sin and death. Now God has given us commands on how we should live our lives. How we should follow Him. How we should raise our families. How we should live in a lost and dying world. What are those? I, I couldn't think of anything better than Jesus' words in Matthew 16, 24-26. This is what He said. Jesus told his disciples, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. 
For whoever would save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. For what does it profit a man if he gains the whole world and forfeits his soul? What is that? That is living sacrificially for God every single day. Picking up your cross and following him is that you are living sacrificially for him. That the Lord Jesus Christ is the most important thing in your life every single day. That it's the most important thing in your family's life. That you're living that out. That you are letting that guide your decisions. In how you love your spouse. In how you treat your kids. In how you go to work. In how you serve your church. It's sacrificially dying to self to live for Christ. What does that practically look like? What is the most important thing in my life? What is the most important thing in your life? Are you committed to following the Lord Jesus? Am I committed to following with what this says for my life? What is the most important thing? Listen, why am I preaching about this today? Because I'm telling you, church attendance in our country, church membership, knowing who God is, theology, knowing his word, are at the lowest points in the history of our country. And when that happens, the the deviancy goes up. We have a choice. You have a choice. You can either be obedient to the God of this Bible, to follow him, to every day be Joshua, that I am going to serve the Lord. As for me and my house, I'm going to serve God. He allows us to to be obedient or not. Listen, when we sell out to the world, we're going to raise worldly families. When you sell out to what God, what the world has, you raise worldly families. When you sell out to what God has in His Word, you raise godly families. If I ask everybody here, we had so many youth up here this morning, loved it. We have so many little kids that come. We have young couples that are raising families, people raising grandkids. If I ask everyone here today if they wanted their kids and their families to love God and to be in heaven one day, everybody would say yes. Everybody would say, it'd be unanimous. We'd have a 100% vote. But then in the next breath, many people lead their families and lead themselves to love the world and to put the world first and to get Satan gets in. When we follow the commands of God, when we live sacrificially in faith, he delivers. You want to have a godly marriage? Love the Lord your God and and do what this says about husbands and fathers. Wives, love your husbands. You want to have godly kids? Don't let the world influence them. Make Christ the priority in your home. Listen, there's Here's the bad part of this. There's consequences when we don't do that. If if I'm going to follow the commands of God, then I'm going to live sacrificially in faith. And he delivers. He delivers. If I'm not, listen, I'm talking about really basic stuff this morning, guys. I really am. If I'm not faithful over little things, I'm not going to be faithful over big things. If I'm not faithful over little things... There's no way I'm going to be faithful over big things. You say, what's a little thing? Getting up and reading the Bible every morning? Spending time in prayer? Getting up and worshiping with your brothers and sisters every week? Those are basic things. 
Those are things, folks, that if you've been a Christian for longer than a year, you should have that down. Unfortunately, we're a country that says we love Jesus, but it doesn't look like it. Here's, here's, the, here's the second thing. There's also consequences for not following the commands of God. There are absolutely consequences. Here's the contrast to Joshua. We meet this man named Achan. Achan was a man from a tribe of Judah. He had just witnessed God deliver a great victory. He was part of the band that walks around Jericho. He, he's a part of the ridiculous plan that God lays out. You know why God lays out ridiculous plans sometimes, or most of the time? So that he gets all the glory. So that he gets all the glory. So there's no way that we figured this out on our own. We can't go back and look at the book of Joshua now and think, well, Joshua actually did something to make those walls fall down. No, he didn't. No, he didn't. That's how much of a ridiculous plan this was. Well, there's a lot of people, let me say this morning, that would say it'd be ridiculous to be a member of a church. Why not just spend your time on Sunday doing what you want to do? Why would you get up 30 minutes early where you can sleep in and not read the Word? Why would you? I mean, those all sound ridiculous. Achan had just witnessed God deliver this great victory. He was a part of the great victory, yet he didn't obey what God had said. He wasn't obedient to what God had said. God had told them what? Take everything and destroy it. Everything except for the gold and the silver, and that's supposed to go into the treasury of the house of the Lord. Bring it to me. Don't keep this stuff. Don't keep the worldly wealth for yourself. That's what he had said. Achan decides, eh, God's not going to see. I'm going to take some stuff for myself. It has consequences. I want you to go back to Joshua chapter 7. Now you think, well, yeah, we may know the ending here, but I picked up on something while I was studying this. I never saw it before. I don't know why I didn't see it. Maybe God was saving it for this message. But Joshua 7, 2 through 5. So what happens? Let me set the context here. They defeat Jericho. They're like, whoa, we just conquered the biggest city, the most amazing city. We can take anybody. And then there's this little bitty town called Ai. And Joshua's like, we don't need that many guys to take Ai. It's nothing. Just send like 3,000 guys and go whip them. Right? So Joshua sends 3,000 guys of Israelites. And they come back with their tail between their legs because they got thrashed. And here's what happened. Here's what happened. Joshua 7. Verse 2, it says, Joshua sent from Jericho to Ai, which is Beth Haven, east of Bethel, and said to them, Go up and spy out the land. And when the men went up and spied out Ai, they returned to Joshua and said, Do not have all the people go up, but let about two or 3,000 men go up and attack Ai. Do not make the whole people toil up there, for they are few. We don't need everybody. They're weak, Joshua. It's no big deal. That's what they said. So about 3,000 men went up from, from the people, and they fled before the men of Ai. And the men of Ai killed about 36 of their men and chased them before the gate as far as Shebram and struck them at descent. And the hearts of the people melted and became as water. So what happens? Israel is routed and defeated by a very small force from the city. And what happens? 36 guys die in this defeat. 36 men are, defeated, are killed. Why? Because God was upset that Israel did not follow his commands. He was upset. Now, what does that say for us? That shows us that Achan's sin had consequences for other people. When Achan sinned, what happened? 36 people died. 
because of what Achan had done. That's people that aren't even in his family. If you read on in Joshua chapter 7, Achan's whole family and his whole livestock are ultimately stoned and burned to death because Achan wanted some gold and silver because he sold himself out to the world. What happens when we do that? Those consequences do not only rest upon us, they rest upon everybody around us. Our sin has consequences on everybody around us when we're disobedient. Achan's sin had consequences for him. It had consequences for his family. I want to tell you that your decisions not only impact you, but impact everybody around you. Guys, you look at junk on the internet, it affects your wife. It affects your kids. It affects your relationship with the Lord. It affects your ministry. Church leaders, whole congregations have been scattered because of the choices that we make. Our sin has... The choices that we make will have lasting impacts on those around us. And those choices, it always starts off, guys, with a small compromise. It always starts off with something little. I mean... We're tired today. We don't really want to go. And I'm not, we don't have church police. That's not what I'm getting at. But you're not tired every Sunday. Well, I don't really want to serve in the church or whatever it is, right? Or church leaders, well, I'm going to give marriage counseling to this woman by myself. I've seen this happen in our own town where somebody who's supposed to be a strong Christian man gives marriage counseling to a lady, ends up having an affair on her, now him and his wife are divorced, her wife and her husband are divorced, kids are broken, families are scattered, it's all destroyed, witness for Christ is gone, Jesus isn't a part of any of it. Why? Because we give in to a little bit of temptation. And now whole families are scattered and destroyed because of the choices that we make. If you think that you can live for the world all week long and those decisions won't affect your families for generations, look around our world. Look around our world. This, listen, this immorality didn't start overnight. It didn't start yesterday. It started 30 years ago. And slowly but surely, we keep giving in a little bit more and then you have what you see. You have what you see. Here's the other thing you can take out of this. Guys, we think we can hide stuff. You can't. You can't. Your sin is always going to find you out. Your sin is going to find you out. Numbers 32, 23 says so. But if you, it says this, but if you will not do so, behold, you have sinned against the Lord, and be sure your sin will find you out. What did Achan think he could do? I mean, I'm the only one that's going to know about this gold and silver. I'm just going to bury it and hide it from God. Hmm. You know what this is saying? That God knows our sin. He knows the choices that we're making. God knows everything. And, and there's going to be consequences. And you're not going to be able to run from him. We can't hide anything from God. Achan thought he could hide this by burying the gold and silver in the ground. He thought he could get by. He couldn't. And we can't either. So those little compromises, we can't hide from God. And you know what he's going to do? He's going to discipline those he loves. He's going to bring it to light. You can't hide from the consequences of not following the Lord Jesus. 
Those decisions that we make today, the decisions about what I do Monday through Saturday, have lasting impacts on everybody around us in every single way. The decision to compromise a little bit, just a little bit. I mean, I know that, listen, I'm going to talk to our guys in the house right now. I know it's tough. Talk to our guys real quick. You're not supposed to be in relationships with women, are you? You know how it starts off? The number one thing I see that gets you guys off track, women. Single ladies out here, stay away from these guys. I'm serious. Or you'll fall under church discipline. I'm being dead serious. They're, they're, if, I know. We've got a bunch of good-looking guys here. They're, try, they're loving the Lord Jesus. Stay away from them until they're out of the program. And then if God puts you in a relationship, that's fine. You know how it starts off? A message through Facebook. A, a friendly hi. And then you know what happens? Back in square one in sin. You know how it happens with us, church? A message through Facebook. Hey, I'm really having problems with my husband. Would you meet with me? No, I'm not going to meet with you. I'm married. That's what our, should be our response. Right? That's how it starts. That's how it starts. We let a little bit in. We let a little bit in. And we can't hide it. God's not going to allow us to hide it. You think, well, man, I know a lot of people that have gotten by with this. No, you don't. Because one day, everybody's going to stand before the Lord Jesus and give an account before God. Nobody's going to get away with anything. So why don't we just be honest with ourselves when we're in sin and say, Lord, I've sinned against you. I, I, I don't want to live like this anymore. I don't want to raise my kids like this anymore. I don't want to live my life like this anymore. And you know what happens when you do that? It's an amazing thing happens. The last point, God forgives you. Man, it's an amazing thing. You've been so rough this whole sermon, Jeff, but now I'm not going to be. Because here's what God does. He forgives you. He forgives you. Psalms 103.8 says, The Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger, and abounding in steadfast love. He's slow to get angry. How many of you are slow to get angry in here? I'm shoving my hands in my pockets. Because sometimes I can get angry really easy. And, and get upset. I was cranky this morning in elders meeting. And I needed them to tell me and they did. I was being cranky. I can get angry over stuff. I'm thankful we serve a God that doesn't. That is slow to anger and merciful when you get down on your knees and ask for forgiveness. When you, when you say, Lord, I've messed my life up. I've messed my life up. I've messed my marriage up. And Lord, I'm just going to be obedient to you. I don't know what I'm doing. Because I'm telling you, we don't know what we're doing. We just have to be obedient to what God's word says. And when we do that, when we do that, he takes care of it. He takes care of it. 1 John 1.9 says, if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. You know, we're prideful people. <laughs> Americans... We're prideful people, Americans. We think we can do anything. We can conquer anybody. I mean, we're Americans. We know what's up. And we're wealthy Americans. We're wealthy and we got it all figured out. No, we don't. No, we don't. You know what you have to do? Humble yourself. Humble yourself before God. You know what Joshua did? Here's the contrast. Joshua says, I don't know what I'm doing. Guys, I don't know why I'm telling you to walk around the city for seven days and then blow a horn, and we'll all scream, and these walls are going to fight. I mean, can you imagine if a military leader said that to you? You're going to look at him and go, 
what's the article 25 for the president? We need to article 25, Joshua. That's what, whatever it is. We're going to get rid of this guy. He has no idea what he's doing, right? That's what you would think. Joshua knew exactly what he was doing. He was just so being obedient to God, right? He was being obedient to God. There are people that are going to say, we need to article 25 that guy because he's crazy. When you're being obedient to God, your life is going to look crazy compared to the world. It's going to. You know what God says? Be obedient. Do what I tell you you're going to do. Do what I, do what I tell you and it's going to be okay. And when you don't do it, don't hide it. Don't try to shove it away or press delete on your phone or whatever. Don't try to hide it. Confess it. Confess it. And when you do that, he forgives you and he cleanses you. Listen, I love these verses and I, I'm closing on this for a reason. And I'm about ready to close, I promise. Enough hollering, I've hollered too much this morning. You know what these verses tell me? That God lets us make U-turns. Man, I'm thankful that he doesn't put concrete barriers. You ever seen a concrete barrier? You ever went a wrong way on a highway? My dad did that one time. We paid a toll. We were heading out, I think we were in Virginia or something. He paid a toll and went on this highway, and he figured out, I'm on the wrong highway. They didn't have MapQuest. My mom was the map reader, and he was yelling at her probably, where are we going, Sharon? I can hear him say right now. And we went down the wrong highway, and he paid the toll. And my dad was trying to make a U-turn. And there were signs that were saying, no U-turns. And my dad found one of those little police where the police sat that was empty. And he made a U-turn on that. And we went back to the toll booth. And the whole way, dad was saying, I hope I don't go to jail for this. And he had to explain to the toll booth person what he had done, right? God's highway is not like that. God's, the highway that God has isn't like that. You can head off the wrong direction, and he has all these lanes where you can turn around and go the right direction and you know what those lanes say humbleness forgiveness repent it's all you have to do it's all you have to do if if you're hearing my words this morning if you're hearing me he allows you to make u-turns now here's the opportunity here's the opportunity I ask our worship team to come this isn't about me coming to me, okay? I need to make U-turns all the time. This is about you and God. This is about, listen, who you're going to serve. I'm tired of Satan destroying families. I'm tired of Satan destroying marriages. I'm tired of seeing people fall back into addiction. Because they try to hide their sin. You know, my good buddy, one of my best friends, Mike Estelle, he reminded me this week that when he was in freeway, and he was going through the freeway uh, program, that he, he, he went out one night. Mike Estelle is probably one of the strongest Christian men that I know. He went out one night when he was going through the freeway program, and he drank. That was against the rules. That was against the rules. You can't do that, Right? Mike reminded me of that. You know what he did? He went and he confessed his sin. They, they, they had consequences, right? But he ended up graduating the program because he was, he was willing to admit it. Listen, I know the majority of us aren't going through the freeway program, but we're going through God's program. And when you violate it, there's consequences. When you aren't being the godly husband that you're supposed to be, there's consequences. And I get phone calls 
I get phone calls. And I talk to couples all the time. And the number one thing that I hear, well, I'm not putting the Lord first in my life. Put the Lord first in your life. He takes care of it. It works out. Confess your sin to God. Repent of that. And he takes care of it. It doesn't mean there's not consequences. You do that by humbling yourself. Humbling yourself before God. I'm going to ask you to stay in this morning. Three things here. I want you to think back on your salvation. I want you to think of what he saved you from. Think about the miracles that he's worked in your life. Trust him. Obey his commands sacrificially. He will use you. He will use you in mighty ways for the kingdom when you trust him and you're obedient to him. He will. Second thing, you can't hide your sin from God. You may be burying it right now, just like Achan did, trying to hide from God. Confess it. Repent of your sins. Get down on your knees and ask for forgiveness. And I want you to remember that the decisions that you will make are going to have lasting consequences for the people around you, either good or bad, for years to come, for decades to come. What are you going to do? What are you going to do? Let's pray. Lord Jesus, I thank you. Lord, for the example that you give us, it's just so full of so much stuff here that's just amazing for our lives and our examples that we can follow and not follow. And I thank you for this. I pray this morning, Lord, where we fail, that we just repent of our sin and get down on our knees and trust you and, and make commitments that we'll keep, we'll keep to you. And our example is what Joshua said, as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. Because that starts with a personal relationship with us. So I pray this morning, if there's people here that don't know you, today's the day to get down on their knees and confess you as the Lord and Savior. They have a, a great need in their life, and it's you. Lord, for my brothers and sisters here, many times, Lord, the, the world can get to us, and we can, we can get sucked into sin. And making decisions that have consequences for our children, have consequences for our marriage. Lord, it doesn't break our relationship with you, but there are consequences and Lord, I pray today that we follow your word. We're obedient to that. Lord, we put on, we put on your righteousness that only comes for you through you. And Lord, we raise our families to love you. And we'll look crazy. It's okay. God, I, I pray that you give us the strength to not worry about what anyone else thinks. We're just obedient to you. It's in your name I pray. As the Spirit was moving over the water, Spirit come move over us. Come rest on us. Come rest on us. As the Spirit was moving over the water, Spirit come move over us. Come rest on us.
Thank you, guys. Thank you. Um, you know, I think more than anything today, guys, Satan wants to attack our families. The number, the number one way that he can attack the Lord is to break apart marriages. It's an attack on him. Um, guard your families. Guard your children. This world's after him. Um, he's after him, And it's, hey, it's a choice we have to make. And, and I, I, I love that. Here's the benediction. I want, I want Travis to come up here, and I'll introduce Travis uh, here in a second. Uh, here's the benediction. It says, Isaiah 55, 7. It's, let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts. Let him return to the Lord that he may have compassion on him. And to our God, he will abundantly pardon. That's amazing. What happens when somebody gets a pardon? The record's clean. No matter what you've done, your record's clean. I love that. I love that. Travis, uh, Tra- I had the opportunity to visit with Travis on Wednesday, and Travis um, has professed Jesus as his Lord and Savior. He- 
You guys saw him come up a couple weeks ago, I think, at the end of service, like, hey, I need to publicly profess Jesus. I love that. He was bold in that. But what I do when somebody comes up here and wants to talk to me about salvation and baptism, I meet with them because I want to make sure they have an understanding of what baptism is. What is salvation? How does someone say? How does someone believe in Jesus? He has that understanding, very much so. Uh, uh, we had a good talk on Wednesday, and so he's submitting to believer's baptism. He's never been baptized, and so he's publicly professing Jesus as Lord and Savior. you have anything you want to say? Very uh, intimate setting. Look forward to being a part of the uh, church family. Thank you. All right. So stay up here. <laughs> stay up here. I want, uh, I want at the close of the service here, I want you to come around and congratulate him. Uh, and we'll have a baptism here in a couple of weeks down at the river. Um, that's why we do it. So if you have questions about baptism or salvation or church membership, we'll be starting another new member class in October. Please come and see me uh, and ask, and we can talk about that. Um, yeah, so... Any, any other final words today? All right, let's go to the Lord in prayer, uh, and, and you may be dismissed. Lord Jesus, I thank you, Lord, again uh, for today and our time together, Lord, to worship you. I pray, Lord, as we leave here, we're obedient. We're obedient to you. Uh, Satan is trying to pull us in so many different directions as husbands, as wives, leading our families and submitting to what your word says. And, and Lord, I pray that we're obedient to you, that we, we make bold commitments, God, before you to live radically in a lost and dying world for you, that people will think we're crazy because of the way we live, the way we interact uh, with, with, with others, and the way we interact with our families, God. I know there's hurt. There's, there's people hurting all over, Lord. I pray for them this morning. I pray that you'll work in these situations, God. The families will be united. That, that um, just drastic things will happen when we repent and turn to you. And, Lord, I pray for that. I pray, God, that we just follow you, that we're a church that follows you, uh, sacrificially that we live for you. We're radical about your gospel and how we live. And in all things, we, we give you the praise and you the glory. It's in your name I pray. Amen. Amen. Congratulations. We worship